Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Praise God. Man, what a way to start the service, huh? It's awesome. For those of you that might be interested, the food pantry goes out, I believe, at this time of the year, three weeks out of the month. Um, We also go to, uh, in addition to Seaside Heights and Tom's River, we do a lot of the hotels on Route 37 and Tom's River, uh, a lot of the hotels in Seaside, but we also, I believe, once every other month or once a month, I don't remember what it is, we go to a community in Whiting. where we minister to a lot of the seniors that live in that particular community, that some, many of them are shut-ins and really can't get out. So it's an awesome ministry. Amen? Amen. It's the heart of the Lord, is to meet the needs of people. And not doing it in a stingy way, not doing it in a, in a, in a miserly fashion, but doing it uh, according to the character of God. And I don't know if you, if you realize this, the character of God. Um, there's a scripture, if you have one of our... Um, bracelets here. I guess this, this is actually a Bayville import. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. We gave these out for the one year anniversary down in Bayville. And it's uh, the scripture on there is Ephesians 3.20. And can, uh, can you give me that scripture real quick? I know it's not in my notes and I'm throwing you off back there, but uh, I believe God that you guys are able. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. If you ever had to have one scripture that would describe the character and nature of God, I would point you to this one. Amen. Amen. That's last week's slide. Okay, here we go. Can you, can you see that? There we go. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that works within us. Okay, can you give me, can you give me New King James? I like this one better. I like that exceedingly abundant. How many of you like abundance? How many like exceeding abundance? Amen. Now to him who is able to do, say it with me, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works where? So that means we're connected to him. If he's doing exceedingly abundantly, but it's according to the power that's in us then who is going to be responsible for releasing that exceeding abundant blessing, that exceeding abundant love, forgiveness, grace, compassion, material goods? Who's going to be responsible for that? Us. It's according to the power that works within us. Now, some people say that power is love. Some people say that power is faith. Some people say that power is grace. What difference does it make? They're all manifestations of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm glad you're here. This weekend, um, I'm actually going to start a, a topic tonight. Next weekend, we're going to take a, a kind of a break, and we have a guest speaker that's coming, and that's uh, Reverend Jen Tringal. If, if you've never been here for her, please make sure you get her because she is a powerful woman of God. How many of you? How many of you are familiar with her ministry? Amen. Okay, so make sure you get. It. And then the week after that, we'll come back to this topic. Praise God. So. We are entering into that season that almost everyone associates with, with generosity. 
This is the time of the year that most all charitable giving that takes place in the United States usually takes place in November and December. So we're talking about generosity, okay? Now, the Holy Spirit spoke something before the service through the mouth of a couple different individuals. And I didn't know how it was going to tie in until I was in praise and worship, then all of a sudden it clicked. And here's what the Holy Spirit's saying for tonight. In this service, I'm not asking you to show your hands. I'm not, I would never dare do that. But what I wanna, who I want to speak to tonight, those of you that are in some type of an addiction, some type of life-controlling situation or cycle that you find yourself in, the Spirit of God made it very clear tonight, again, by the mouth of two individuals. Two different people came to me and spoke the same thing and spoke the same over me, okay? That while the message is being preached tonight, you're going to get set free. Now, you need to grab a hold of that, okay? You need to grab a hold of that, all right? Now, you say, well, how can that happen? Don't, don't I have to come up? Don't I have to have somebody lay hands on me? Shouldn't I fall down on the floor? No, no. If the Holy Spirit chooses to do that, that's his business, but he, predominantly, the Holy Spirit manifests himself as teacher. Amen. Now, you, what you have to understand tonight is this, and you need, to, you need to receive this as truth. The anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit that breaks chains off of people's lives is resident in the Word. Amen. It's already upon the Word. The Word of God is anointed. It's empowered. It's the power of God, Paul said in Romans chapter 1, he said it's the power of God unto salvation, okay? So, so, so what does it have to do with the topic? The topic of generosity is completely directly tied into what it takes to get set free from addiction. Why? Now, don't get yourself twisted tonight. Don't get offended. You want to get free? If you want to get free, sometimes you got you to just swallow some stuff, okay? Listen to me, all right? Many times... Addiction is based and has a root in selfishness. Right? Don't, don't move. You're going to give yourself away. <laughs> don't flinch. Don't grunt. Don't say amen. Just go, yeah, yeah, I'm pastor, I know. This is for the person sitting next to me. Except for I have somebody home. I wish you would have came with me tonight. The roots of addiction are connected to selfishness. Why? Because addiction is you want to gratify a craving, a need, a desire, and an over-the-top ungodly desire that's going to get you in trouble. And I've seen this happen, especially recently. I've seen people in recovery that will throw themselves into serving others, throw themselves in having a generous attitude towards people, sharing their time their energy, their finances, their love, their compassion. I've seen people get set free. And listen, it's one thing to get set free for five minutes. I remember many, 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 many years ago, many, many years ago, I was in a church service. I was a very young Christian. And this young man came on, he came and he wanted to speak on the platform. I don't know if you're going to remember the story because you were probably there. He wanted to speak on the platform. We just wanted the microphone. I got to share a testimony of what God's done for me. I got to share this powerful testimony. It was God. And so he was allowed to share a testimony. He comes and I just want to thank God that I, I have been delivered from cigarettes. I, uh, God has set me free from cigarettes. I haven't had a cigarette in 15 minutes. 
You see what I'm saying? It's one thing to get delivered. It's another thing to stay delivered. And in order to stay delivered, in order to stay free, in order to maintain that freedom, you have to, by nature, force yourself to throw yourself into someone else's life and break that chain, break that pattern of selfishness, of self-centeredness. Well, the whole universe has got to reverse around, revolve around us. That is a root of addiction. I couldn't understand how the Holy Spirit was going to do it. So I'm teaching on generosity tonight. I want those of you who have had situations, and you might be going through it right now. You might have came here tonight saying, God, this cycle's got to break. I can't go back in this again. I pray that you receive this word as if Jesus himself was standing in front of you tonight, speaking this, imparting into your soul the power of God for you to get set free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Generosity is defined as the quality of being willing to share. And I will add to share the best you have. A spirit of generosity gets thwarted sometimes because we force ourselves, because let's face it, if you're not used to being generous, if you didn't grow up in a household where people were generous and shared and gave and, and, and just shared whatever you have, it could come tough for you because you're not used to it. It's not normal for you. And so sometimes you got to force yourself to do it, force yourself to do it. And what happens is because of our human nature, we might have the tendency not to share our very best. You listening? We might have the tendency not to share. Or just When we give it, it's like, you know, one arm's longer than the other. You ever seen people like that? You know, the arm that takes is, is long. The arm that's going to give is a little short. You know people like that? Okay. Many, many years ago, thank God it's many years ago, we were going through bankruptcy and, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot around at all. We had some family members that would come and bring us things. And then you'd open up the bag and you had a loaf of bread with a black line over it. You know what, you know what I mean? The loaf of bread with the black line on it or half molded this or broken cake and broken donuts and stuff like that. It's like, oh, thank you very much. But I guess you didn't have a garbage pail at home. <laughs> when we give, we give the best that we have. Even if it means that we do without. Yeah, these people got it a little bit. Over here, I don't know. You guys are still struggling. I'll come over here a little bit. Maybe give me a sentence. And when we give, we give the best. Even if it means that we do without. Because Jesus said it is better to give than to receive. But you see, that's, a, that's an attitude that you have to nurture. It's not predominant in our culture to share. And so, some, so some, some people might have to press a little bit. Synonyms for generosity. Not cinnamon, synonyms. I like this one. Big-heartedness. Man, that's God. God's got a big heart. Bountifulness. Liberality. Open-handedness. There's that guy with the one hand longer than the other. Okay, there's open-handedness. Open-heartedness unselfishness. And the one, the one scripture in the Bible that would describe generosity the best would be found in John 3, 16. 
For God so loved the world. Man, I just felt a wave of the power of God just go, Amen. See, the power is on the word. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And listen up. Man, I remember, oh my God, it has to be 20 years ago now. Pastor Cap and I were having a conversation. And he said something that so startled me. It just so took me back. He said to me, he said, Pastor, you, re- you realize that everything God gives us is for somebody else? Everything God gives us is for somebody else. He gave you Jesus for what? So you can get, just hold on to him for yourself? Everything he gives us. The breath that we breathe. The capacity to think. The ability to love, the ability to forgive. Many people just don't understand the importance of generosity. And, I, and honestly, I feel sorry for, for people because they hold on tightly to what they own. Now, now this is very alive to me, and I could probably preach this without my notes. Because my wife and I have been doing a Bible study on Thursday nights in Bayville. Put a little plug in there. It's 7 o'clock. <laughs> Thursday night. Every Thursday night. Come at 6.30, we'll get you a cup of coffee. Okay, and so we've been dealing with this subject now for what, about six weeks? I would think so, probably about six weeks. And so, so this is so fresh to us right now, this idea of generosity. And we're seeing the people that are coming. It's about, about 30, 35 people that have come to the Bible study. And we're seeing lives, we're seeing the countenance change. We're seeing people that come in under financial pressure. All of a sudden, they're, they're starting to breathe easy. You see, because when, when you can't, when you fight a, a spirit of generosity, when I say fight, when you're resisting developing a spirit of generosity, at some point, listen to me, at some point it's going to affect your finances. Why? Because that's where you live. You need finances. How many of you know you need finances to live? Amen. Some of you haven't found out yet. Let, let's try it out. Okay, let's, let's take all your money from you and let's see how you live this week. How many of you know on this planet right now, as you are alive, you need finances to live? Sooner or later, if you, if you resist developing that spirit of generosity, that open-heartedness, that big-heartedness, sooner or later it's going to affect your finances. Why? Because the scripture says one, one gives and grows richer Another one withholds and gets poorer. Why? Because finances are seeds. The, the dollar bills, $10 bills, $20 bills, the, the, whatever you have in your pocketbook or your wallet are seeds. They don't grow unless you plant them. And so if you continually withhold and withhold and hold back and God tells you, I want you to go, I want you to go pay the groceries for that, for that woman that you just saw walk by or that, or that elderly man that's walking by you and, and, and got that little basket and you can tell he very carefully handpicked everything off the shelf. If, if God says to you, go pay for that person's groceries and you go, you know, I need the money myself, guess what? Your heart just got a little smaller. And the next time it happens and you resist, guess what? Your heart gets a little bit smaller. Why? Because generosity is big-heartedness, so stinginess must be small-heartedness. Proverbs chapter 11. I just quoted it. Didn't even know it was in here. 
Didn't realize it was right there. Proverbs 11.24, in case you wondered where that was. One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly. Unduly to me reminds me of like out of time or out of season or in the wrong timing. Withholds becomes to poverty. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 in the message translation says, remember a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. Now let me ask you this question. Are you aware, because we're going to get into this subject now. Are you aware of the power that is released when we live a life that is generous? When we give generously, we release the power of joy causing thanksgiving to God. Did you, did you ever bless somebody? I remember just a couple of summers ago, we were at a, a very famous pizza place. I don't want to say it now because they're taping this. Uh, if you catch me after, after, after the service, I'll tell you what it, where it is and what the name of it is. Some of the best pizza I've ever had in my life. You might have to travel a little bit. So we were there. We were sitting there. And uh, the Lord spoke to us to, to bless the waitress. I mean, bless, not just the tip, but to really bless the waitress. And we don't know this one. We don't, we don't know who she is. We've seen her. She's you know, taking nice care of us. You know, but you're in New Jersey, so you know, it's as nice as it gets. <laughs> she didn't exactly throw the food in front of us, but she was nice. You know. And so uh, both of us, we looked at each other and went, we're supposed to bless this lady, right? And so, so we did, and, and we blessed her with a certain amount. After we paid the bill, we, we, we said to her, here, we want to give you this. You know, we feel like we want to bless you. And she looked at it. And, 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 and I went, well, wait a minute, no, no, we were going to give her a certain amount. And then either you said or I said, no, 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 it's supposed to be double that. It's supposed to be double that. No, we gave her the amount. <laughs> No, it got better. We gave her that amount. We went out in the car and we both went, oh my God, that's not the amount. We're supposed to give her more. We go back and she's crying already, but we go back and give her the rest of the money. She goes, I do not believe what just happened here. She said, I needed this amount to pay my mortgage. I have to go right after work to the bank, pay the mortgage before my house goes into foreclosure. So this woman here, now watch this now. I have no indication that she, I had no indication she's born again. I have no indication that she's a Bible-believing Christian, but she's going, thank God, thank God. That, the principle works whether you're saved or not, because when we release generosity, it causes joy to explode in people's hearts, and the first thing that happens is, thank God. Thank God. Causes, causes thanksgiving. Amen? I remember a story I read a couple of years ago about a, a, in Houston, uh, Houston, Texas, a waiter uh, on Memorial Day weekend was serving a couple. And he received a $5,000 tip on a $26 food bill. The generous, the generous gratuity was left by a couple who regularly be, was served by Mr. Greg Rubar, a waiter at the restaurant for 16 years. This gentleman, Greg, was married with a small child, had struggled with transportation ever since his car had been destroyed. I don't know if it was an accident or whatever. And he had been borrowing vehicles from his co-workers and taking taxis to work. And so to, to relieve this situation, the couple left him a $5,000 tip on their bill and told Rubar, go buy yourself a car. Oh my God, I want to do that so bad. <laughs> go buy yourself a car. He burst into tears upon receiving that money. Generosity releases the power 
of gratitude. You know it and I know it. Joy is the response to generosity. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. You ready for this one? In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. This is all generosity. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. If you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. We're all to do everything that we do with a generous heart, not with a stingy heart. Not with a stingy heart. Sometimes I'll approach people and say, you know, listen, you've been coming to church here for a while. Obviously, you like what's going on here. Obviously, God's blessing you. You're, you're getting fed. Um, how about you jump in and get on one of the teams and help us out on the volunteer, on a volunteer basis, you know? And most of the time, 99% of the time, we get great responses. Pastor, that, yeah, sure, no problem. I've been thinking, no, almost every person says, you know what, I've been really thinking about that. But every once in a while, you get somebody that's like, well, how many times a month do I have to do it? And for how long? And do I have to wear one of those T-shirts? See, that's not doing something. Of course, nobody in here would ever do that. Nobody in here would ever do it, but you probably know somebody. Um, that's not a generous heart. That's not a generous spirit. And so sometimes some of you might wonder, like, why is he always asking people to, to do stuff? Don't we have enough people on teams? Listen, that's not what the reason is. The truth of the matter is you don't develop a generous spirit until you start serving somebody. Number two, which really should be number one, you're really not part of a church until you're serving. You come, you, you, you enjoy it, you're spectating. But you're not, you, don't get to, you don't get to know your brothers and sisters in the Lord until you're serving. You, you, you don't believe me. Ask some of these ushers about how they love each other and how they're there for each other and, and, and the camaraderie that develops between them, the networking, okay? Some of the, some of the children's workers, amazing. They develop such a love for the kids and their families and they develop such a love for one another. You don't experience that by just... Let me ask you a question. Did, when was the last time you built a relationship going to the movies? I'm not talking about with the person you went with. Do you hang out? I mean, how weird would it be if you hung out in the lobby with popcorn? Hey, hey listen, can we meet? Could you pray for me? So, so don't be a spectator. Don't, be, don't come to church like you're going to the movies. Amen? Yeah, it was a real big Amen? Amen? All right, I'll move on. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. You will be enriched, the scripture says. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through your generosity will result thanksgiving to God. You listening? Number three. We need to develop a spirit of generosity because we enjoy the blessings of the harvest that's been promised to us. What about the people who have not experienced that yet? And you know, God, 
very rarely, very, very, very rarely, very, 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 very rarely blesses somebody on earth without using somebody else to bless them. You listening? Nancy was a single mother with young children. Her ex-husband sent her only a small amount of grocery money every week, so small it couldn't even feed one person, much less a family of four. But Nancy decided to begin giving to God from her little bit of grocery money and trust him to provide. Shortly after, she got a job with a cookbook company. The company paid Nancy to go grocery shopping and prepare meals so they could take photographs for their cookbooks. And when they were done taking pictures, Nancy could keep the food she had purchased and prepared. (laughs) God honored the faith of that woman. And, and, And listen, God honored the faith of a woman who would have been completely justified to hold on to every dime that she had. Why? Because she got a deadbeat for her husband. Somebody who's not supplying the needs for his children and for his wife, even if it's an ex-wife. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble tonight. (laughs) No, because it's inevitable somebody's going to say after church tonight, you were looking right at me when you said that. If you're one of them deadbeats, dads, you better get yourself in order. Because in the book of Malachi, God pronounced a curse on those who deal treacherously with the wives of their youth. Oh, hallelujah, the prophet spoke tonight. I've seen it happen too many times, man. When a person can't control the other individual, the next thing they want to do is impoverish them. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Yeah, he's looking at me. <laughs> you know, the, the, the greatest truth about the topic we're talking about tonight is the fact that according to the word of God, all that we have comes from God to begin with. We really don't have a right to withhold. We really don't have a right to be stingy about things. We don't have a right to be possessive about things. Now, we can be good stewards over them and we're to use our wisdom. You know, one of the Thursday night Bible studies we were having, uh, I guess it was a few weeks ago, the topic came up of like, well, how do you know when you're supposed to bless and when you're not? You know, because I've had times, listen, you got to use discernment. Everybody, I don't know if Christians forgot that word. Turn to somebody and say discernment. Now, discernment is not just wisdom. Discernment is wisdom from the Holy Ghost. Okay? And I've had times where I've wanted to bless, and the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. Now, that's like 1% of the times. 99% of the times, it's like, yeah, go ahead and bless this person. He'll even show me and show my wife, and we'll always be in agreement on it. I'll say to her, is the Holy Spirit showing you what he's showing me? You know, and we'll be right there in agreement. But you have to use discernment. But listen, if you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake on the side of giving. Always make the mistake on the side of giving. It's way better to do it that way. So, and uh, let's see. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 14. The Bible says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? This is, I believe this is David talking about uh, amassing Wealth that it took to build the temple in Jerusalem. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. All that we have belongs to God, so we should give God's money, we should give God's love 
We should give God's forgiveness. We should give God's compassion in a very generous way, not withholding. The Bible says that generosity leads to blessing. Proverbs eleven twenty four. I read to you before, verse 25 says, a generous man will prosper and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And don't be embarrassed if you can only give a little to somebody. Don't be uncomfortable if you earn a little. Therefore, have a little bit of money to give. Start someplace. God is interested in your heart. Amen. Let me tell you this other story here. I love this one. A gentleman named John Bechtel, a missionary in Hong Kong, wanted to start a Christian camp to reach people for Christ. A bankrupt million-dollar hotel and conference center became available for sale. He made an offer to purchase the property and then traveled around the world to raise the millions he would need. But no one was willing to help. And he returned to Hong Kong discouraged. Then one day he got a letter from a young girl that included $1 and a note saying she wanted him to use this to buy the camp. You know where I'm going already, right? He prayed. He took the girl's $1 to the real estate closing and the corporation decided to accept $1 as full payment. And since that camp opened, over a million people have come and over 100,000 have accepted Christ. In 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6, in the second part of the verse, it says that God can save by many or by few. It doesn't take a lot of people to get things done. When God's involved in it, a little bit is a lot. But God wants everybody involved so that everybody will receive a blessing in return for their obedience. You know, you who attend the Bricktown campus here wouldn't have known this, but our Bayville campus over the past four weeks raised enough money to pay for the carpet to be replaced in that sanctuary. Now, that's not a big, big congregation yet. Amen. Everybody say, yes. yes. But over a four-week period, some gave little, some gave a lot. But when they all put it together, it was enough to cover the car. Almost $7,000, am I right? Almost $7,000. Okay. Now, now, what's the lesson there? Everybody did what they could do. And God used that situation. So now, in a few weeks from now, the carpet that's really worn and gotten stained and all this is going is to disappear. And that place is going to be covered with completely brand new carpet. That will glorify God when people come in and see the place nice and neat and everything else brand new. But God can do it with a few people and God could do it with a lot of people. He wants everybody involved as many as possible because he knows the principles that you set forth when you have it, a spirit of generosity. When you will involve yourself in somebody else's life, there's something that gets released in us. And it, it's a blessing. And that blessing may not necessarily come in money. That blessing may come in, in divine protection. That blessing may come in refreshing in your spirit. That blessing may come with fresh new vision. That blessing may come in a relationship. That blessing can come in many different forms. It could come, for, it could come in the form of fresh new revelation in the word of God. I hope you're getting this tonight. So, one more story? Yes. Want another one? Yes. Okay. I love this one. 
a widow lived on the same fixed income for many years after her husband passed away. And as the years went by, and the cost of living steadily rose, the poor widow found herself having to choose between food and a roof over her head. Her next door neighbor, who knew she was almost blind, her next door neighbor was a Christian, began to feel this tug in her heart that she should do something for this, 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 this woman who was by herself and nearly blind. Realizing that this woman had not driven a car for many months now, she decided the best help she could be would be to bring her a week's worth of groceries. So the neighbor's full of joy. She shopped, got lots of fresh produce, meats, dairy items, fresh baked goods. When she arrived home, she knocked on the widow's door and asked if she could come in. The widow, nearly blind, strained to see who this person was and what they were carrying. When she heard the sound of shopping bags rustle, she realized a miracle had, was taking place and all she could see through the tears and the near blindness of her eyes is, is that you, Jesus? Aww. Let me ask you this question, okay? When was the last time somebody mistook you for Jesus? When was the last time you were used in such a fashion to meet somebody's needs just out of the blue? When was the last time that somebody could mistake you for Jesus? or for an angel, or recognize that you are an answer to prayer. Now, can I have one of those, that paper down there? Did you get one of these on your seat? Okay. Next week, you need to bring that food. Because we're going to pack it and then distribute it the weekend later, the weekend after. Now, it doesn't require a lot to buy these items. I think if you add it at all, maybe, maybe 20 bucks. Maybe 20 bucks. I don't think, you know, we, we didn't want to make it a, a burden on anyone. But, you know, if you can buy two batches, if you can fill up three boxes, what we're going to do is, on the weekend before Thanksgiving... When you come to church that weekend, you're going to see this platform loaded with boxes filled with food. Now, we're going to have the turkeys available also. And here's what I want to say. I'm speaking to those that might be in need that maybe you can't afford to buy that. If that weekend you need, then you come and get the box, we'll give you the turkey and go enjoy Thanksgiving dinner. But if you, if you can do this, if you're good and you have your stuff, you got your food, you got everything ready for your holiday meal, what we're going to ask you to do is come up here at that point. I'm going to ask you to pray. And you really should start praying now that God would show you somebody, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker, somebody that's in need. And what you're going to do then is you're going to come and grab one of those boxes and they're nice sized boxes. They'll be filled up. And then you're going to go in the lobby and you're going to get one of the turkeys. And we're going to ask you to go deliver it to that person's house or bring it to work or, or just find them somehow. And you bring that box and you tell them, listen, we want to bless you. We want you to enjoy Thanksgiving. We want, you to, we want you to remember that God loved you so much he knew that you were in need. And make sure, make sure you treat people with dignity. Make sure you be as discreet as possible. 
If they allow you, if you can just say a little prayer with them and just pray a prayer of blessing over them, blessing over that meal, blessing over their life. Let me tell you something. We have done this for years now, and it is amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you one story real quick, and then we'll, we'll stop for tonight. About three or four years ago, I think it was about four years ago, an individual came up, took the box, took whatever we had, needed it themselves, but decided in their heart they're going to bring it to somebody else that they knew, who they felt was in more need than they were. They get home, and they find a box that somebody else had brought to their house. No, it gets better. God showed the person their address. And they went and dropped off that food at that person's house because they had a heart of generosity for another family. Give God the opportunity to work a miracle through you. Amen? Stand up, everybody. Now, I want you to listen closely because you're going to see a miracle happen that weekend. That weekend, you're going to see hundreds of people traveling all over the area, maybe from Bayville, maybe from Bricktown. And this year, we are partnering with another church in Upper Monmouth County, up in Matawan, Crossroads Worship Center, Pastor Anthony DeGregorio. We are supplying. They just started six months ago. The church is in its infancy stage. And so we, we contacted Pastor Anthony and said, listen, we want to we bless you guys and hook up with you so that you can go and bless your community and let people get to know who you are and get to know the churches there and all that. You know, they're meeting in a school right now, just like when we started 22 years ago. And so uh, we're going to supply them with 100 boxes and 100 turkeys. So now watch this. That Sunday afternoon, there's going to be cars heading all over the place in Upper Monmouth County delivering food. There's going to be cars over here in Bricktown going into Lakewood, going into Tom's River, going into Howell, going into Point Pleasant. There's going to be cars from Bayville, pick people picking up food, going maybe to Ocean Gate or going to, going to, to Forked River or going to Barnegat or going to Manahawk or going to uh, Manchester or Whiting or any of those around. There's going to be people getting blessed all over that Sunday afternoon. And it's because, it's going to be because of your generosity. You need to have a part in this. So I'm asking you to make sure that you take one of those lists and go do your shopping. Amen? Amen. Now listen. There is a step to take to get to know this generous God. And he is generous. And he always does exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think. And he is the God who said that he loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if you've never, never met this generous God, if you've never given your life to him, if you've never invited him to come into your life so that you can have his nature and his character living through you, then tonight's your night. Amen? Well, pastor, what does that mean? Here's what I'm asking you. Do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? If you, if you say, yeah, I believe those things, then there's nothing stopping you from receiving salvation, receiving the generous God coming to live on the inside of you, changing your heart, breaking the chains, pushing out the darkness. Did I just, I think I just quoted a song. <laughs> you need him. You need him. 
And just like the commercial says, you can't leave home without him. You won't want to leave this planet without him. So, so listen, this is what we're going to do. We're all going to pray together. I know the majority of people here tonight are probably believers already, probably have, have declared their faith in Jesus Christ. But for the sake of those that might be here tonight that never have, and for the sake of those of you that maybe want to make a fresh commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to pray with me right now. Just pray this out loud. Repeat after me. Father, Father I, believe I believe with all my heart, all my heart that, Jesus is the Son of God. that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he came to this earth died on the cross as payment for my sin. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead and that you're alive right now and you hear my prayer. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for making me a brand new person. Thank you that this night I can declare with all confidence that I am a child of God. If I were to take my last breath, I believe that I'll be in your presence for all of eternity. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen, we're not dismissed yet. If you said that prayer tonight, especially if you said it for the first time, Please, with a very generous heart, allow us to get to know who you are. Allow us to put a Bible in your hand. We don't want you to leave here without something to remember us by. And the best thing we can do is give you the word of God. So if you said that prayer tonight, please, when everyone else is being dismissed, along with other people that may be coming up here for prayer, so you don't feel like it's just you, okay? Make your way up to the front. There'll be people up here. Introduce yourself to them. Tell them I prayed that prayer tonight to receive Jesus. They'll get your Bible. They'll put some other material in your hands. If you need prayer for anything else, they'll pray for you. Please don't just leave here tonight. Let us know who you are. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.